The Big Light presents Hello, I'm Sean McDonald. You're listening to Blethered, and my guest is Sersha Carvel. Sersha recently travelled to Istanbul in Turkey for breast augmentation surgery, but things didn't go entirely to plan, resulting in a traumatic chain of events that saw her nearly lose a breast. We talk about booking the surgery and travel on a whim with little prior research. You'll hear Sersha explain the surgery and aftercare process, including a litany of mistakes by the clinicians, and also the aftermath when she got back to Glasgow and had to go to hospital for emergency diagnosis and surgery. And as always, there's plenty more. This episode is brought to you by Debt Experts Don't Fret About Debt. If you're struggling with debt and you would like a free chat with an impartial advisor to discuss your options or to see how you can lower your monthly repayments towards debt, then visit don'tfretaboutdebt.net forward slash blethered. You can also listen to my episode with Don't Fret About Debt senior debt advisor Tommy Gallagher where we discuss taking back control of your debt and the various solutions available. Don't Fret About Debt offer all statutory debt solutions in Scotland helping you to make an informed choice. So take the first step to dealing with your debt today. Free advice is also available from the Money Advice Service. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it. Cheers. So, Cersei, this isn't the typical thing you'd be doing on a Monday afternoon, but thanks very much for, for coming in to have a chat with me. Um, we'll give people just a wee flavour of who you are. If you can just tell me a wee bit about where you're from, um, yeah, you know what age you are, that kind of thing, and people will get just to introduce you to to the people that are listening. Right, okay. Um, so my name's Sersha. Um, I'm from Govan. I'm 25, and when I left school, I trained to be a hairdresser. Right, okay. Sersha, that how often if you go to Starbucks, how often do they spell your name properly? Never. Do you ever just give them a a fake name just for the easiness? <laughs> no, I just. I actually don't. I probably should, but I just say my name and then I just usually get like sar or sauce or like something pure <laughs> weird anyway. Um, we, so I've explained in the intro kind of why we are here to to um, what we're going to be talking about. Um, I'll just throw questions at you if you don't mind okay. and you, you can explain. So we're going to be talking about surgery abroad um, it's a very multifaceted subject I don't think it's pure black and white it's neither this is great and it's no this is the worst thing on earth talk me through well first of all why you or how you got the idea you know why why Turkey or you know what what kind of what was your thinking process well it was quite fast like see when I was actually decided I was going to go for the surgery mm-hmm. I had always known, like, my full life that I wanted to get, like, a boob job. Mm-hmm. But it was in April this year. I went, my my friend, she's my hairdresser, mm-hmm. and I went to her shop to get my hair done, and she just was like, I'm going to get a boob job in Turkey. <laughs> and then, and it was in, like, two and a half weeks or something, and then I just said, can I come? And then I just booked it, like, that day, sitting, <laughs> getting my hair done. So I didn't really, like, I didn't look into it too mm-hmm. much. I, and... Basically, for the next two weeks, I was just dead excited. I did kind of, like, ask questions about who my, my surgeon was going to be and, like, asked to see, like, people that had had surgery by him, mm-hmm. even people who had, like, the same kind of body as me, so I would have an idea of what I would look like. 
But the reason I just chose Turkey is just because like my friends were already gone there, so mm-hmm. and I just added on. See, I kind of I can understand that for a sense because you're you trust your pals. Mm-hmm. They're not trying to mislead you in any way. But looking back, do you wish that you'd spent a lot more time kind of digging into it? I wish I never like I I know it's funny because right obviously like I've always wanted it done, so it was something that I was always wanting mm-hmm. to do. So I would have did it. Anyway, I just probably like if I if they weren't already gone and I just decided right I'm I'm wanting it I would have looked into it more myself mm-hmm. and yeah I kind of regret no getting it done here. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I've got a whole load of questions and then we'll talk about the sort of timeline. So my first question is, and I hope you I hope this isn't too personal. And if at any point there's a question you think I don't, don't feel comfortable answering that, that's totally fine. But I'll ask them and then you can judge. What is it you think? made you want to have that surgery and this isn't me trying to be a pure psychologist like let me work you out <laughs> but everybody's got different motivations what were yours I, I was putting socks in my bra I was like 10 I've just always known that I wanted to have big boobs and I'm mm. like the only person in my family that didn't everybody else did so it's just something that I knew I always wanted like Mm-hmm. And I and I always wanted that before I was twenty five as well. And see, last year I had wrote a status on Facebook, and I remembered that I was walking to my work in the salon, and I was like, I know that I'm twenty five next year, and I want my boobs done before I'm twenty five. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm actually going to have a boob job before I've got a driving license, <laughs> and I actually did. So it was like I manifested it. Because <laughs> like, not I don't mean for this to be a like gratuitous description, but you're slim. You're very, like, you're very slim. You're, you're, I don't know the right word without sounding like an absolute weirdo. But you're very slim, so I, I, yeah, I can get that. Do you think? Is it maybe again? This isn't me trying to be a pure psychologist and work you out. But do you think there's, I don't know, did social media play a part or like media representation in general? Mm. Or has it just always been something in you? You think I want that? It's always been something that I've wanted. I've always have known like I'm going to get that when I'm like older or mm. whatever. Maybe social media has got a big probably part on everything that like that I do like mm-hmm. as an adult. I don't think you're alone in that either. Uh-uh. I think everybody's kind of susceptible to that, mm-hmm. and it's like you, you maybe don't realise it. It's mm-hmm. it's not always in the forefront of your mind. It's kind of in your subconscious. I know. Um, when you decided to, so can you? Is it easy to book it? Can you just book it online and that's you? Do you pay a deposit? Or how's it work? Yeah, I just so I messaged the clinic like that we were going to on Instagram, mm-hmm. and then they sent me like a WhatsApp number of the person who would be like the person who looked after my booking and everything and then I was to message them on WhatsApp so I just messaged them on WhatsApp like confirmed the dates and everything and then they basically said like once you pay a deposit and book your flights then that's it like confirmed you pay the rest in cash when you get there. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you don't mind me asking how much were they charging? So well, my friends paid a wee bit different for mine because they got a deal, so theirs was actually less, but I can't remember like how much by, but mine was two thousand four hundred for the surgery mm-hmm. and three hundred for my flights and I only had to pay a two hundred and fifty pound deposit before I went. Right, okay. Do you know how much the so that the surgery you went for, how much would that typically cost if it was done in the UK? I think it's at like four or five grand here. Mm-hmm. I, I think maybe no too much more, but so it's not a massive amount more. Mm-hmm. It's obviously still a lot of money. Uh-huh, but it's I, not like a pure It's no pure major. Like, uh-huh. And, and you probably look at that and think 
could see it was like 10% of the price, alarm bells would ring and you'd be like, hold on a minute. That's no right. It's probably a bit (laughs) too good to be true, but it's a sizable amount of money, but you're still still saving a good bit. So do do they sort you out with like... I've got a few questions right off the top of my head I always pepper them at you do they sort your accommodation for you? yeah so it comes as like this package and it's, yeah. you may be thinking I don't need to worry too much do, what, what are they do they ask you questions like should they not ask you about your suitability or medical history or do they just book you in? yeah so basically they'll send you like a big form and it's like all your medical questions like mm-hmm. like your I don't know like to be honest, like I should have really did a lot more like research on that kind of part. I was just like, like, no, I don't have diabetes. No, I don't have this. No, I don't have that. Yeah. Like, if I leave and read that, I just took like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. If there was anything that I did, well, there was nothing really that I thought like might go wrong with me personally because I have got good health and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, so I didn't actually. I wasn't scared or anything. Like, I was quite. Just happy and excited that I was going away. Mm-hmm. I can I can get that, especially if it's something that you've you've wanted to do. I feel like I've seen I've seen Instagram profiles of like um, I don't know why I get targeted all the time, but I do. Maybe it's like my age and demographic. But on Instagram, I see them all the time um, for hair transplants and for teeth, and then you see other ones, and you've got these slick videos, and they're all well edited, and the 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 surgeries look amazing, or the they sort of clinic, sorry, they look dead slick and you think, wow, this is incredible mm-hmm. and you get to go and chill in the sunshine in Turkey and I know loads of people that have had hair and teeth mm-hmm. and I suppose boob jobs done as well, less so for that. Um, did you feel when you looked at it, was it this sort of I just this slick sort of appearing profile and you think this is just all great? Yeah, and I know like girls that have been there before, like a couple of my pals had been there for liposuction, so and they were always saying like, Oh, it was good and it was fine and everything. So like I didn't really I like for me I thought it was a good place to go. I, like I knew a few people that had been there, obviously. Mm-hmm. And basically like my friend that does my hair, she was already booked with Three, three of her other pals like were going at the same time mm-hmm. so I thought it was quite popular like just kind of made me think it was safe like yeah, that yeah I get that I, by just safety or by association you're like oh they've between them everybody must have done their research mm-hmm. what was your is, was, like, was it your mum or was your family like did you say to them oh by the way I'm going over here what was their reaction see to be honest my mum wasn't really surprised because she obviously knew like I would have did this at some mm. point in my life as well but Obviously, she was just like, right, just be careful. Like, let yeah. me know that you're all right and everything. Uh-huh. Um, but nobody was really shocked, to be honest. Like, it's so common, isn't it? Uh-huh. Like people going over. My mum was proud of me. She was like, "Well done, you worked hard for it." I <laughs> <laughs> quite right. I completely. Um, well, we'll talk about then when it, when it, um, or from the start of the timeline. So I mean, seeing you on the plane because we were uh-huh. two of the only non-Turkish people on the plane. So uh-huh. I was like, all right, <laughs> and it was kind of that was it. I've went and had my five days in Istanbul and when I've then coming back in the plane and I saw you and I was like, and I said this to you in the car, I thought, fucking hell, she must have had something out last night. She <laughs> she looks really hungover. I looked like a burst <laughs> I, tears, I feel like you were upset and all that. I and was, I, I, I was, was close to being like, I was close to going, are you okay? But then I thought, mate, she's just fucking hungover, leave <laughs> So that was it. Until we then met in the baggage uh, collection, which we're going to talk about. But talk me through them, if you don't mind, 
what happens when you land by pissing the rain what was I it I know I was gutted I had nothing but holiday clothes Same. I, and I knew people that were in Antalya already right so I, and they were pure sitting in like 35 degree heat and I was like pure and I didn't really know like what to pack so like because I didn't know what I could have been wearing and stuff after it so I just had tons of shorts and t-shirts and that then was it was and I, and I, I had sandals on on the way <laughs> over and I was pure like soaked and it took see because it was really bad weather it took like two hours to get like to our hotel and the transport Aye, no it was insane it took me ages to get into Istanbul as well and then there was a time the rain was biblical and I was trying to say to people I was saying to my pals I was like I know every time it rains, you always say, I've never seen rain like this. I'm like, I've never seen, physically seen rain like that. My Uber driver was watching Netflix as he was doing 70 miles <laughs> up the motorway and I was like, mate, mate, this mate. Isn't safe. I was like, can you not? And he didn't speak English and I certainly didn't speak any Turkish. So that was a stressful trip to get in. Oh, so you went to Antalya then from Istanbul or were you in Istanbul? No, I was in Istanbul. Right, okay, okay. But I'm just saying I had seen people in aye, Antalya aye. and it was pure sunny, so I just thought... My mate was in Marmaris and, and I'm And thinking, that was pure sunny as well. Aye, it did get nicer. So you've went in. Whereabouts were you staying in Istanbul? Oh my God, the Fraser Place, I think it was called. What was it near? It was near like a big shopping mall, like right next door to a big shopping oh, mall. Oh, so were you in the, the big modern bit with all the skyscrapers and all that? I don't know. No. Well, I, I was in like old Istanbul, old like, town. No, it didn't look good, right? See, like, well, the view from our room, that we were like really, really high up. So, like, we just basically seen loads of stuff. Mm-hmm. That was quite nice at night. I think you would have maybe been in the, I'll try and think, part of the Asian side. It's a massive city. It's got like 18, it's either 18 or 20, I think it's 18 million people which is about three times the population of Scotland. Mm-hmm. And this one city, it's huge. But So you've you've went there, was it a nice hotel you were in? The hotel was nice. I, the hotel was actually mm. really nice to be fair. And then do you get a night to chill or were you straight in the next day? So I think we got there on the, was it the Wednesday night? Wednesday night. And then we we were fast, like we were going to eat, obviously oh. before the surgery, so... We got there and then we just had to like get a shower and like just get to bed and like but we couldn't really sleep I think because we were all nervous and mm-hmm. everything like we just kept getting up during the night and like and I was quite starving as well <laughs> so I was just trying to like no think about that and then we got I, picked up at like five in the morning. Did you? I was about to say so I had two dinners that night because that was a, it was a long day of travelling. <laughs> it was long and I That was where I fed that I saw a dog and I tried to it was eating through bins. And I was like, that's a pure shame for that dog. And I went and bought a packet of ham and fed it like two bits. And I went and gave it the third bit and it turned its nose away. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? And it went back to eating out the bins. And I was like, what must uh, be in this ham that this dog's knocked it no back? No, I'm um, sorry, that's just me. I know, but I always feel funny about eating meat abroad anyway. Mm, like, I, I don't... And then I was like, somebody, I think somebody said to me, are oh, you not meant to feed meat to dogs? It's their halal. Or they, they prefer, it's halal food. And I was like, I'm pretty sure the dog's not Muslim the dog's Muslim. Don't care. I am not, I'm not drinking the dog's first maybe it was maybe my like, dog eats everything I know this I, I don't know I never tried it but I was like also cost me a fiver as well <laughs> like, yeah I'm a fat ungrateful but dick do you not think everything was so cheap there but it was obscene it, it was, was obscene. crazy for, for anybody that's, that's into this type of part so we because we were staying near the I went my, my pal works offshore and I went to meet him um, and so he's came and got me like a day and a half later and uh, to begin with, so we were staying next to the Grand Bazaar in the Blue Mosque, which is an old town in Istanbul, but maybe a bit of a tourist trap. And we, we went further out. So like we went for dinner. We had, I had a fillet steak, 
massive fillet steak. He's had a double chicken wrap. We've got fries, salad, two like two or three cans of juice each because we sat there for ages in the sun. Two or three cans of juice each, sparkling water, coffees. And I was like, I'll get this. It came in nine pounds, 12 pence. And I you're know. like, that doesn't it make sense. Uh, you're charging mental. me a pound for that steak. It was just, it was ridiculous. I so know. it's a shame you want to get to enjoy that. I know. Because we, we couldn't really, well, I, I couldn't really eat like the stuff where we were was kind of rotten, to be honest. Was it? Uh-huh. Oh, the food we were eating was unbelievable. Like I've never eaten so well. Yeah, we must have been in different parts Aye, then. I must have been like in it. like the new bit or um, something. So you get picked picked up at five. Do, you, do they send a car for you? Yeah. Is it a nice car? It was a big car. Was so it's, it a big transport, like a big taxi thing? Right, aye. And the three has just got picked up because, see, like, so it was me and Chloe and Shanice, but um, basically her other friend came with her mum and she was there, like, a few days before us. Mm-hmm. And um, so we were all getting operated on in the same day. So they picked us up at five in the morning, took us to the hospital, um, obviously, like, had to sign mere forms. At this point, I was signing my life away because I had no idea, like, mm-hmm. I didn't even read it. It was so, it was that many pages. I'm not, I hate sitting reading, never mm-hmm. mind reading all that. I was just, like, signing every page, like, I'm going to do it now anyway. Um, and then we sat about kind of for a few hours, like, just in where we hospital beds, like, basically waiting to go away for the surgery. My my heart rate's going up, just imagine this. I, I don't like hospitals and needles and that kind and of thing. And we had to take our piercings out, right? And I'm raging because I had just got my ear pierced, like, high up on the inside. Mm-hmm. And my nose hadn't been pierced for too long either. And see, when I couldn't get... I got the rest of my piercing suit, but I couldn't get my nose and I couldn't get the one in my ear. So they obviously waited until I was knocked out and took it out for me. But I couldn't get it back in straight oh, away no. and I was pure devastated. <laughs> I didn't even care that I had boobs. I was gutted that I couldn't get my piercings <laughs> back in. <laughs> do, you, do you get put to sleep? Yeah, you get anaesthetic. Is that what it's called? Uh-huh. Oh, so, so you, but you're knocked out, you're not awake? I, I you're, know, not... you're knocked out. Like I, I don't think I could have did that awake. No. And then how long does it the surgery last? I don't think it was that long. I think it might have been like an hour or two hours, but I, I can't really be sure because when we came back round for the surgery, they wake you up slapping you in the face. <laughs> so the day and like so me and Chloe must have been operated on at the same time and it, we were just like all flying sleeping, obviously. Uh-huh. And then they woke me up first and they're like slapping me. Because of the anesthetic, I was I don't know what had just happened. I started shouting, "Am I an A and E?" It's gone mental. <laughs> and, I do, and, and I'm assuming these Istanbul natives are not familiar with somebody for govern. Not how they shouting. <laughs> they were, I, I can't even really remember much. I, I just remember like Chloe. She was shouting, "Sersha, hold my horn. It's all right." But then she was going. Ah, <laughs> trying to lift up her arm like to touch me, and then at that point I remembered like what had happened to us. Like, I thought something had happened to me, and I was in the hospital. Like, mm-hmm. but then I knew we had the boob job, and, and then I was pure shouting, "If we had a boob job!" Like, I was just like, "I will be It was mental. I mean, there may be somebody more medically educated than us that can be able to. Advise you're no maybe meant to know wake people up like that. For honesty, I don't know. Maybe think, you are. I think you are. Like because that's that, how you get them to come round. Uh huh. Bloody hell! And are you immediately, what's your emotions that are going through your head once you start to realise? All right, this is where I am. I'm not in any. This isn't the, the 
QEU hospital. I needed a drink. See, because they have the thing down your throat, breathing for you or something like that. What the hell, man? I was pure choking for a drink. But see, when I was 13, I had my appendix taken out, right? And see, when I woke up for mm. that, I was pure dying for a drink as well. Now, remember, they were nearly letting me get a drink. Oh. I was just gone mental till I got a drink. And I only needed a wee tote bit just because it, my throat was pure dry. Mm. And then then I remember, like I felt the same way as what I felt back then and... And then I remember they weren't giving me a drink. They were shouting, you will drown, you will drown. And I just spat. And I obviously wouldn't have did that if I was just like this right now. But mm-hmm. like whatever was in my throat, I was pure coughing and I just spat it up. And then they finally gave me a drink. But then after that, the wee nurse, like I remember her pure not being happy with me. Bloody like, hell. But it was weird. And see, like you're not allowed to get yourself up to go to the toilet or anything like that. So mm-hmm. see, by the time we had got back into our room... Like, I was trying to go to the toilet and everything, like, and they were pure shouting at me and I was pure greeting because they were doing my nothing. But they weren't helping me up. I was, like, ringing the wee bell and I had a video, like, on my phone and it's me sending a voice note to the person who I messaged, like, on my way there. Yeah. Um, saying, like, I was actually crying. I, I pure hurt my heart when I heard myself again because I didn't remember it. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, she she keeps saying no English, no English and walking away from me and, like, no, no helping me up and no taking me to the toilet. So that must have been how I've just forced myself to get up and go mm-hmm. to the toilet. Probably if I wasn't fully the anaesthetic, I wouldn't have been able to get myself up. I would have felt the pain mm-hmm. more. The nurse saying no English, no English, ordinarily I'd be like, well, yeah, you have to respect that because you're in their country. Uh, and it's their their language, their rules. But in that instance, I'd be like, mm, "Hold on a minute, you're selling somebody, you know, a foreign tourist." You know, I, I think it must procedure. have been because I was hard work when I came in for the anesthetic. Yeah, because there's no way they don't. They, she wasn't speaking English. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, because everybody else was speaking English I know, before we got knocked so out. It's impressive, isn't it? Like I how know. well they speak it. A few times I'd be walking past places like bars. You know, they'd say something to you to come in, where are you from? And they'd be like, Scotland, I'm like, all right, wee man. And, like, <laughs> and a few times I'd be like, what, how do you know that? And they say, oh, I used to work in Marmaris and it's just full of people from Springburn. You're like, all right, <laughs> that makes sense then, how you, how you can speak fluent in Glasgow. It's good. Um, so are you, are you in just a lot of, how long did it take you until you kind of came around, until you're like, right, I really know where I am now? Um, Probably, for me, probably the next day because they just kept giving us like, uh, pain relief, antibiotics and everything like mm-hmm. throughout the day. Um, so that whole day I was just like, I've got, I've, I've took pictures of myself on my phone and all that, but I've got tears in my eyes and I'm yeah. like, I must have just been so confused, I think, more than anything. So there's no, there's no like um, elation or anything, right, this is great, I'm delighted, this is done. Is it just I'm in pure you're in pure misery to begin with because you're that sore and confused? I was like proper and in pure in pure misery and they so basically we stay in the hospital overnight, right? Mm-hmm. Until until the the next day. So we got there on the Wednesday, went to the hospital Thursday morning, got back to the hotel on Friday. But see on Friday morning I woke up feeling smashing like at like seven in the morning. I didn't feel like I was in pain or anything. Mm-hmm. And me and my other friend were in the same ward and my other friend was above us, right? The girl who was at the top started phoning me and she was like, you need to go and check on, like, Shanice. She's pure upset, she's pure crying and everything. And I was like, what the hell? So I walked into Shanice's room. It was, like, me, somebody else, and then Shanice. And she was, like, pure greeting, like, really bad. Like, it was so sad. Like, I felt like she was dying. And she was pure, like, I don't think they've gave me any pain relief, like, all night. <sighs> 
Do you know what they did? Gave me hers. That's how I felt amazing. <laughs> I know. I how bad laughed, is that? Yeah. I know. <laughs> but, and, it, and it was morphine as well, so I was only wonder I felt smashing. Uh, you're tap dancing about her room now, uh-huh. she can't stand and up. I, and I had to wait, right, for like 30 minutes. I kept trying to get a nurse to come in and they kept saying, like, she's not getting any more pain relief. She's had it. She's had it. And I was like, she's not had pain relief. Look at her. And then, like, 30 minutes later, somebody came round gave her pain relief and they were pure giggled they were like that we gave you hers during the night we think your sisters and all that oh some fucking laugh I know mate, I'm I... like that's no funny imagine I didn't wake up or something obviously that probably wouldn't mm-hmm. happen because it's obviously measurements that they mm-hmm. give you that but you then can... if they're giving you more if they're giving me double <laughs> I feel bad for finding it slight. now that he's alright is I, everybody okay everybody's brand new right like, in so, a way that is funny, bit funny right? I was still, <laughs> I'm glad I thought it was okay. quite funny like right away like Are when you we got home laugh? I just couldn't believe it. Like I couldn't. Be- I, I, it was a shame. Chloe's got a pure screenshot of Shani greeting on her phone, and she's pure like, "Why have you got that screenshot of me greeting on?" Because they FaceTimed each other oh, before yeah. they phoned me, and she's like, "Just so I had a wee memory of everything." That <laughs> <happened>. <laughs> I know. We sound like the war wounded. Look at. Let's look at breast augmentation recovery stages, because this I think will be relevant and pertinent to what we are going to go on and talk about. So week one. Discomfort and swelling is expected. Bruising is likely to appear. Initial fluid leakage is normal. Painkillers may be needed during this stage. Avoiding aspirin. Week two, your stomach area can feel swollen. Stomach swelling after breast augmentation is normal as the swelling moves down the body. Bruising remains stable. Pain is at its worst between 3am and 6am. Did you did you experience that? Well, see, when I got back home, right, but obviously you seen the nick of me on the flight. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll talk about all that in detail mm-hmm. in the conversation in the airport and stuff mm-hmm. well see like when I had got home like so basically like the last kind of three days I just spent in my bed taking painkillers like mm-hmm. just I just slept it off to be honest for two days and I woke up in the middle of the night screaming and greeting it was it was like two in the morning or something and That's my mum came down the stair uh-huh. I wonder if it's maybe your body settles into a, a period of extended rest and stillness and then that's when it happens mm-hmm. Um, seven, you know, seven weeks. They're basically saying for for basic recovery, and it can take even longer. And it's here's tips on what to avoid. Right, strenuous exercise and stretching should be kept to a minimum. So wheeling a big fuck off case through Istanbul Airport probably isn't a great idea. idea. Um, vigorous movement can cause stitches to open. We advise you to do as little as possible, including washing your hair. The first week to 10 days, you you should then have more movement. It says for a month, don't even be going walking or, or, or jogging or anything like that. Um, stay away from direct sunlight. So there's a lot of basically like, don't do this, do that. And you're talking two months for, for you have a full recovery. So when do you leave the... The hospital just after 24 hours Yeah, Friday morning we left That seems to be fairly standard practice Even here in the UK Yeah, because see, even here in the UK You can go home the same day But you, you don't have? get anesthetic here All right, okay. You get something else that does knock you out to sleep But mm-hmm. you don't feel all that horrible way When you come round from it So, I mean, that's that's a bit like One of the dangers of going away, isn't it? It's like the, these practices and clinics Aren't held to the same standard or a level of accountability of whether it's rules, regulations and practice and stuff. What did you get up to in the, in the Saturday and the Sunday? Just stay in your hotel room? 
I had to go back to the no, we all had to go back to the hospital on a Saturday actually for a checkup, right? right? But um, my my checkup time was different from the girls. I think they had the same surgeon and I had a different surgeon, mm-hmm. so they went on Saturday morning really early. I can't remember what time it was, but I was still sleeping. So went on, and mine was at ten in the morning. I remember because they came back and woke me up for it, and that day as well, like I was just so so sore like I just knew something wasn't right and like my my left one was like actually massive compared to the right one and mm-hmm. I was pure oh I was a mess and luckily there was another girl in my hotel who had to go back for her checkup. but mm-hmm. I think she had just had her nose and her liposuction so like she was just like keeping me calm kind of like the whole way there and then when I got there, like, they looked at me and they kept saying, like, it looks fine, like, you don't have anything to worry about. But I was like, I'm in agony, like, the painkillers mm. didn't even touch it. And then they ended up taking me, like, down the stairs and I the, I got a jag in the bum. I had to give them my passport and they gave me this jag in the bum. <laughs> and then two wee nurses were, like, walking out with me, like, hand in hand, like, and took me into the, the taxi. But I was thinking, like, why are they holding me? Because... Like, I don't, what's, what if they just gave me, kind of? And then I was sitting in the taxi, like, me, the girl that I was with, and a few other girls who were getting taken back to their hotel. And I just felt, like, out of pain and just, like, relaxed, basically. And when we got back, I ended up going to get food with a girl that I just met. Mm-hmm. And then we went back to the hotel. So I didn't really do too much. And then the next day I was leaving at three in the morning to go to get the airport. Fuck's sake. So it was fast. Mm, it was all really, that was really quick. Mm-hmm. When I saw, because I saw you know, the two girls that you made pals on the plane, mm-hmm. and I saw them in Istanbul airport, and I was like, fucking hell. Because I mean, what, they had chin augmentation. Face and all that. Nose job. Nose, uh-huh. Boob job did they have? Did what? No, one of them had lipo. I don't, I, no, I think the two of them might, might have had lipo. And one had a nose job and one had something done to her chin. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, see, the other girl, the one who had the nose job, she ended up back in hospital in Glasgow as well because they thought she had sepsis. But I, oh. I've not I've no spoke to her yet to find out if that did happen. God, I hope she's all right. Mm-hmm. Well, that, this is probably a, a decent point to mention this. So the British government have issued... A warning, uh, this was in the end of April 2022, so 20, let me figure out, 28 days, or maybe, no, less than three weeks before we both travelled to Istanbul, they've issued a holiday tourism warning after 17 British deaths for people going over for dental or surgical treatment. No um, I don't mean to say that. Oh, I didn't see that. I, I would have probably, mm, I know, God, I and, you know, see that. I'm sorry, right, I should have prefaced that by saying, don't get a wee horrible dunt here because that can't be nice. But basically the UK government have updated their medical, uh, their advice for medical tourism in Turkey and they've got on, on the government website the standard of medical facilities and available treatment vary widely around the world. As such, British nationals considering undertaking medical treatment in Turkey should carry out their own research. It is unwise to rely upon private companies that have a financial interest in arranging your medical treatment abroad. We're aware of 17 British nationals who have died in Turkey since January 2019 following medical tourism uh, medical tourism visits. If you're travelling to Turkey to undertake a medical procedure, you should ensure that your chosen medical facility is accredited with the Turkish authorities. You'll find a list of these facilities that have accreditation on the Health Services General Directorate website. 
so basically saying there that you know Turkey is as lovely a country as we really there's so many loveliest people you'll ever meet the regulatory standards aren't quite up to or they're nowhere near what you would have in the UK and if they've got a financial interest they can present a certain image or standard or whatever but that doesn't always actually match up to what is on offer did you find that the did the surgery seem did you go in and did you feel at ease did you feel comfortable or did you think this is a bit I, I felt fine. Mm-hmm. I, I was in my wee goonie making TikToks, like, dead excited. Uh, I didn't really have any fear before it. Mm-hmm. Well, a few people told me some horror stories, like, about maggots and stuff <coughs> coming out of people's... Jesus Christ. ...best implants, but I thought they were just lying. Turns out it was actually true, but mm-hmm. it was years and years ago. But that was, like, the only things... People, I don't know, like... To be fair... I will be honest, no, I didn't do enough research. Like, I do mm. know that now, but I, yeah. I've never been like that. I don't like research and don't like studying or anything. <laughs> I'm, I'm always been quite off the cuff. Like, if I want it, I want it yesterday. Do you think now that you've had that experience that in future you maybe will... And this is, by the way, this isn't me grilling you or being like, you better say that you're going to find me, <laughs> but I'm just curious, like, has that changed your mindset a wee bit? So basically, this is what I say to everybody, right, that I've spoke to you about it. If you're going to go to Turkey because that's what you want to do, take somebody with you who isn't getting any surgery, who can look after you for the minute that you mm-hmm. come around to, you yeah. know what I mean? Because they're, they're obviously like got their own stuff to deal with mm-hmm. and we all had surgery at the same time, so we couldn't look after each other. That's a blind leading the blind, isn't it? Yep. Um, there was another thing I was going to say. Oh, I So... Well, because we're not, not pure bashing the industry, because like my mate, I said I won't name him, although anybody that knows us knows who it is I'm talking about, um, if they know both of us, but he went and he got his hair done and his teeth done, and he looks, he looks amazing, he looks a million dollars, because he spent big money still doing it, mm-hmm. just significantly less than he would do in the UK or somewhere else in Central Europe, um, so it, you know, it is possible, and uh, he's a very, very clever guy, we are very... Mm-hmm. Ta- demand intellectually demanding job. So I like when he said he was doing it. I was like, I he's he's got this absolutely sewn up. So there are there are places you can go. But then the, I saw a video on TikTok, and it was um, it was a Northern Irish woman, and she basically had gone. I think she was expecting twenty eight veneers. Now I I may be wrong, but I think that costs you typically about twenty five grand if you're getting that done here, and they were charging her three thousand and. Fifty pound, and mm-hmm. that was flights, accommodation, transfers, and her teeth done. And when she was in, so they shaved her teeth down to wee stumps, which doesn't need done. So that's not veneers, that's crowns, and that's a whole other conversation. Like I was talking to my dentist about it, so I had a, I had a brace in during lockdown, basically, and I got composite bonding done, edge bonding, and I was asking my dentist about it, and she was saying now, because the the surge in popularity has been fairly recent. But she said they're now seeing people coming in with their teeth are essentially She described it as like bombs going off in their mouths because they're shaving the teeth down to stumps, putting the crowns over, but they're not fitted perfectly. They're a kind of one-size-fits-all. And then what can happen is bacteria can start to slowly get in through these gaps, gaps basically, and then that will cause it to rot. Oh and what God. happens is I think the... They shave it down to what is known in dentist terminology as the pulp, which is where the main nerve is. And once it's infected, you can, it's not as if you can clean it, and it'll just the tooth will die, 
And it is, they say like there are people who are waking up. And by the way, I'm not bashing anybody getting their teeth done, but I just mean in the, in the worst, worst case scenarios. And it's like, bang, they just wake up one day in agony. It's like it just hits. You know the way toothache can mm-hmm. come on. And she said then the issue is that dentists are looking at it and going, fucking hell, I can, like, we're not touching that. That was done somewhere else. It's not as if you can just nip back over to Turkey. Um, so I, the, the one with the teeth that I saw, the reason I asked about the cleanliness, the surgery is she had gone expecting these and I think they they eventually they actually gave her bridges, which is when all the teeth are all connected and they kind of just clip them on, essentially. It's like they're all done in one bit. Uh, she said they dropped it on the floor but then just picked it up anyway and still put it in her oh mouth but I think she's kind of half anaesthetised or whatever she's a bit drowsy and she's like they've put it in then there's these gaps like proper a gap big enough to fit I'm trying to think a toothpick through you shouldn't be able to do that between mm-hmm. your gum and your teeth and it's just gone terrible for her I think she now has to spend about 18 or 19 grand oh to, my God, that is to get it fixed and so she's been she's been through absolute hell um, when, so when you've got to the airport and this is at the point that I've seen you and I was like, fucking hell, she's had some night out. <laughs> she's been, I just thought you'd been partying for five no, days. I was absolutely gobbed at that point. Uh, so then you've come, to, I'm standing waiting at baggage control and this is when you say to me, and I thought, that actually, I'm going to share your part. I thought this was really funny. When you said to me, can you get my case for me when it comes, because I'm in a lot of pain. And I said, have you had, if you had an operation? <laughs> you said, I, and one has swollen to double the size of the other. And I was like, probably best to go to the hospital for you but you said um, that your case was pink and I said oh, I'm colourblind I know that was funny that was, but I said um, <laughs> you're going to need to point out to me when it comes I, I, I might be able to identify I might not but when I message you saying this is out of the blue sorry about that and you said I thought you were colourblind that <laughs> made me laugh out loud um, bye so I've, I've got your case I've got your two new pals cases the three are like as if you're just off a, a, a war zone I know it was horrible I was so glad I felt like the two girls were sent to me by God honestly I've told everybody about Aye, them because they... like I feel like definitely when I woke up in the morning that was definitely when I was the sorest mm-hmm. so obviously I've woke up at like I don't know three or something how did you even get your stuff packed and all that like uh, I think well I was alright see like during the day and that like I could pack my case and everything mm-hmm. like we went out we went to a salon like we got our hair washed and dried and everything mm-hmm. and stuff like that because we couldn't date ourselves yeah. but I just had to keep taking painkillers do you know what I mean Yeah. Um. and then when I got to that airport I was pure greeting I was pure greeting that like that when we were going on the flight to mm-hmm. go home but just because I was like agony and I didn't really have strong painkillers then and that lassie came up to me and she was like are you alright and I was just like no you may as well be wearing a t-shirt that says I ain't fucking alright right. <laughs> <laughs> and I was pure greeting and she's like do you want some painkillers and I was like aye so then she gave me painkillers and then like I waited for them and they were like right what do you want to do let's go and get something to eat and everything so we went and got food then we just like they had loads of painkillers so we just kept taking them, them taking them aye the two of them I have to say were lovely aye, I spoke to them so... for two minutes and, and see, they were nice see, see the the lassie one of them was actually like meant to be sitting next to me and oh, the really? other lassie was actually like that to the guy who was sitting on that seat can you um, swap seats with me so I can sit next to them and I was just so glad because obviously I was just like sitting next to two girls that had obviously been in the same kind of position yeah. as me and 
it was so funny, right? Because I met that lassie, one of them, on Saturday night, and she was like, "Do you remember me?" And I was like, "You saved my life!" Like, I, was <laughs> I so love happy. how she's like, "Do you remember me?" She probably still had a bad nose place, not you. She could, never. She yeah, was like she banging on. She looked amazing. Because with that nose thing, like, I could pick you for a thousand yards away, mate. <laughs> but that's good. They had a quick recovery. I know she was all right, but she was full like that to me. Do you remember eating a meal on the flight? And I was like, no, because I, I couldn't. And mm. she's like, I, one minute you were like that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah she's just kind of imitated somebody being knocked out sleeping there. And then the <laughs> With next... the mouth open catching flies. <laughs> She's like, I woke up with you sat in munching. She's like, I was like, how can you eat? And she's like, I don't even think you answered me. The <laughs> food was really good on that flight, actually. Shout know, out to compared, Turkish Airlines. Compared to other flights, I know, definitely. Oh, actually, the chicken curry anyway, it was absolutely amazing. Um, so you then, you, how did you get up the road? Like My friend picked me up, so right. she picked me up and I phoned my GP trying to ask for like painkillers. And the GP was like, go to the hospital, like, you sound like you need to go to the hospital, like, it might be ruptured, because obviously, like, that left one was agony. Mm. And then... It was a bit... Again, I'm trying to think how I best explain this. You slightly showed it, and I recoiled. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> no, no, th- no like that. You just, you'd say it, you were like, look, and you kind of opened your jumper a bit, and at that point, I'm like, oh, my God. I, it was huge, I, right? I was like, you need to go to the hospital. I, I have to say, you were absolutely not flashing in the airport. It wasn't like that. It was like, you're... you're be jacket on or something like that, but it was at that point and I'm doing the whole oh Jesus <laughs> but you need to go up to the hospital so I, was my heart. I know well I feared didn't want to go to the hospital I kept saying I'll just get sent home with painkillers and antibiotics but however like I did actually go right mm-hmm. me and my pal we went to Queen Elizabeth that's how I knew that other girl was there because I seen her and she's like I think I've got sepsis and I was like oh my god <sighs> like me. this is horrific but I fear said I was like I'm going to sit in this A&E forever and I ain't going to like we just flew for hours, do you know what yeah. I mean? I wasn't in It's not mood. an easy journey, that. Mm-mm. And then I sat, I did sit for two hours and I said to Tony, I was like, let's just go home, I'm not sitting here. That's why I just went home to my mum's and again just started taking painkillers mm-hmm. and like slept. And I did, I slept pretty much for two days until I did wake up during the night that night, like agony, like pure screaming. And my mum was like, right, you need to go back to the hospital. And at that point I went back to the hospital I went mm. to the Queen Elizabeth, obviously, because I was at my mum's. And they were like... Would, so the doctor kind of thought it was ruptured to what I was telling her on mm-hmm. the phone. But when I got to the hospital, they thought I had a hematoma because they thought it was bleeding inside and, like, maybe that had caused, like, an infection and that's where the pain was coming from. But my bruising was so bad. Like, my pals were only bruised and my back was bruised, my ribs were bruised, like, my breasts were obviously pure black mm-hmm. like and I was like I, I just I, I kind of couldn't believe I had did it to myself at that point I just mm-hmm. thought what have I done in my life like I'm 24 I was 24 at the time I was like and I've literally ruined my life like because they were saying that they would need to take it out like to clean out the infection God. so they thought my mum to come up to the hospital and I took an ambulance for the Queen Elizabeth to the Royal because the Royal is where the plastic surgeons are right and then when I seen the plastic surgeons, they were like, right, well, you need to get a scan first because we can't just operate on you without mm-hmm. actually knowing what what it is. Yeah. So then I had to stay in the Royal that night and go to Stop Hill the next morning for the scan. That's where I was born. 
Altså, <laughs> I was pure Dana, pure Tudor, I suppose. <laughs> but then see when I went for the scan and stop how that came back, that it was not a hematoma and it was not bleeding. It was fluid that my own breast tissue right. had basically created. Like, And it can be normal, but mm-hmm. I was just in like a lot, a lot of pain. But I think probably like part of it was... I was so wee, I, like I'm a wee lassie and I had nothing at all, I was like mm-hmm. flat and then I think being stretched so much like and my stomach and everything like because the reason I know my stomach was stretched is because I had a tattoo that was on my ribs mm. and now it's higher up. Is it? Uh-huh. So like obviously my full belly, maybe that's maybe that was when it was still swollen. Because uh-huh. I did say this well, it moves to your, your, your stomach, uh, your abdomen. Uh-huh. And like I was definitely like higher up, like everything. But um when I what was I saying there? About when they had to do the scan on you. Oh, when I did the scan and it came back like it was just fluid fighting against the implant basically uh-huh. that my breast I should created. They said that was normal. Is that like a sort of defence reaction for your your body? I like it's like, a foreign object okay, in it yeah. and it's like no what it was fighting against it yeah, basically. Uh-huh. So and like I actually like it was so scary when I was like in the hospital because they just obviously kept fasting me like all, all different people kept coming in to see me as well in the royal like all different surgeons and then like I remember pure hyperventilating like when they told me like right you're going to have to get this taken out like and then I just thought I'm going to be left with an empty sack because mm-hmm. my boobs already been stretched mm-hmm. and I was like pure in a bad way and the wee nurse came in and she was like just like help me calm down like breathe and everything this was obviously before I had the scan like and she was like it's, it's going to be alright and then they came back to me and they said if it, if your breast is healthy enough like if we clean this infection it we don't usually do this but we will put it back in for you wow. so I was like so grateful like to mm-hmm. the NHS because they didn't obviously need to do that like no. that's not really their job do you know going what I mean going above to yep to make sure that I was going to be alright so I was like I was so happy I was so grateful but then like I had still been getting morphine and everything when I was like in hospital here because they were like trying to take the pain away from mm. me. So every time that I would get like the morphine, I would kind of doze off a wee bit. So I didn't actually feel like I was sleeping though. It was weird. I just felt like I was just knackered, just pure lying there, like no, finally no in pain, but just yeah. like basically just done in, I felt like. And then I, I had woke up, right, and there was like six of them all standing around me. <laughs> And at this point, I thought, right, that's me. I'm losing the boob. Like, <laughs> there's six of them here. And I was just looking up and I just started greeting. And they were like, why are you greeting? And I was just like, because you're here to tell me that you're going to take my boob away from me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's why I'm greeting. Like, I'm 24 years old. Like, I've got yeah. no wings or anything. Like, uh, how am I going to, who's going to have, have wings with me now? I've got one boob. Like, everything was going through my head. Yeah. And then they were like, well, like, you should have did your research, just basically straight to the point. And I was just like, well, I did. Like, in my head, I did. Oh, yeah. I asked to see pictures of people that I had done. That was research to me. <laughs> Obviously, it wasn't. But they were like, basically just saying, right, like, get ready. Like, you're going for your scan. And then when I came back for the scan, they were like, right, that's fine. It's no, it's no bleeding. It's no infection. It's fluid. Mm-hmm. And basically, they just see the antibiotics that I was prescribed in Turkey mm-hmm. they just told me to finish that course I and I just got strong painkillers mm-hmm. um, for the doctors like here 
no, actually, the hospital gave me painkillers here, and they told me to like obviously phone the doctor if I need like stronger painkillers. Mm. But I, I didn't like, and I don't even. So basically, on Thursday it will be five weeks ago, and since like last week, so like the last two weeks, I haven't really been taking painkillers. I've been mm. all right. That's good. I've still got fluid underneath it. it. See if you can imagine getting your lips done and the fillers like lumpy. That's what it feels like. For the female listeners who've had uh, your <laughs> lips, lips done, done. <laughs> you'll know what that, that feels like. That's what it feels like underneath the breast, but bigger. Mm-hmm. And it isn't really going away. I had the doctors there on Tuesday just to make sure everything was like fine with it. Mm-hmm. And I says to her, because like, somebody told me ask for water tablets so I would like, get the fluid away itself. And right. I asked for it and they were like, no, you just need to let it go away. So they're, mm-hmm. they're a wee bit like wonky but apparently they'll be all right in like a few months over time your body will Mm -hmm. kind of say oh it does say the stuff i was reading and this is from uh like a harley street medical practice in london and they're saying you know it can take it can take a while so your body is is adapting eventually things will kind of settle did you sense any sort of um because it sounds by what you were saying there that there was a wee bit of contempt or annoyance for the doctors. They probably see this they, all the they time. They weren't happy. Like, so they, I think the the doctors were nicer than the surgeons, right? But yeah. obviously they're going to be, the surgeons are going to be annoyed. Like the surgeons that work there in the hospital in the Royal, they actually work like getting paid for surgery in the Ross Hall Hospital. Mm-hmm. So I think kind of that's the main reason why they don't really want to help you because we're away kind of doing them out of their money if you get me, like, by they're, going they're away and doing to, that. They're having to reverse and the they're, damage they're done. Coming back, and we're coming back here like, oh, this is wrong, this is wrong, they're having to help us. So mm-hmm. they are, I understand. Like, I'm a hairdresser, it'd be like me having a client for, I don't know, a few years and then they go away and get somebody else to do their hair and come back and ask me to fix it. Mm-hmm. It's not what you want to be doing, so mm. I do un- completely understand it. Aye, I can get it and kind of by the by here, but just... Every opportunity, I think, to defend the NHS and to encourage people no, like, not to not to permit the government to obliterate it in the way that they're, they're aiming to do. Because you know, if let's just say the, the current UK government's modus operandi at this point is to completely privatise the the um, health service. Now that would then mean that if you had come back or anybody else has come back, they'd be like, "Hi, that's fine." pay for it mm-hmm. or else it's not getting done mm-hmm. and then people are in a lot of trouble I know but I mean it's good that they, they went and did it I anyway um, I, I, I did feel so grateful like I, pure, I had put it on my Instagram and everything because basically the first reason I put it on my Instagram is because I've, I had the fear and I was just like I can't believe like this has actually happened but by the end like obviously before I still knew like what was actually wrong with me mm-hmm. like I, I actually praised them like like I if it wasn't for the NHS, like, what would have happened to me? Like, I even know nothing because there was actually nothing yeah. completely wrong. But you didn't know that. I didn't know that. Like, my head was all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like, we should probably touch upon the severity and the seriousness of the girl who had suspected sepsis. I know. The sepsis is a life-threatening reaction to an infection. It's when your immune system overreacts to an infection and starts to damage your body's own tissues and organs. Um, it's sometimes known as septicemia or blood poisoning, but basically it's very serious and can result in death mm-hmm. pretty quickly. I know. I met her at the hospital with our child and her man, and that's what she said. She's like, I think I've got sepsis, but 
I, I don't know if she did and like they fixed it or if like she didn't have it at all because she is all right now. Mm-hmm. I've just not actually like seen her. The fact the fact that whatever it was was similar enough in sim- symptom wise to and be in, in hospital mm-hmm, anyway. in seriousness that medical professionals here are going, right, okay, this is this is pretty serious. Um God man, what a roller coaster. I'm not being funny, right? I'm genuinely be, I'm no saying this tongue and cheek is a serious question. Do you think you maybe need counselling after that? Oh my god, right. I can't believe you just asked that. I said that, right? I phoned my doctor as soon as I got home and I said that to him. I says, I think I need somebody to speak to you about this. I don't feel right. Like yeah. I feel heavy traumatised. And he actually turned around and says to me, I think it's a bit too soon for that, Sersha. And that was me. I was pure greeting on the phone to the doctor no. thing. Everybody thinks I'm pure exaggerating. This is the worst thing that I have ever been through. No, that's, that's... I understand people have been through worse, but for me that that made me feel like my life was no worth living. Mm-hmm. I I just didn't want to be like that and the doctor turned me away so basically I, would, I think they don't think that I do need counselling no anymore no anymore I'm alright don't listen to him no, I, would, I would push back on that you might get people see when, when you have a conversation like this right there's don't mean to alarm you but there's thousands of people who are going to listen to our conversation tens of thousands in mm-hmm. fact and you'll have different reactions for different people you have maybe you might have some people that will be like nah dafty it's your own fault yeah in a roundabout way, okay, maybe you did think me this, but you're only human. I know. Like, you got it wrong. You made a mistake. You're only young. I know. 25. You know, people tell me, you know, wisdom is sparse when you're when you're younger. I'm not saying you're a dafty or anything. We've all done things and they all have different consequences. Sometimes someone's get away by the skin of their teeth. Sometimes someone's get lucky. Other people's, they, they, they're not so lucky. You've had the bad luck. I think you've learned your lesson. You've certainly been through the mill. Mm-hmm. Um, if anybody is wanting you, uh, air quotes, punished, mm-hmm. I think you've had punishment enough. Same. I think you've had punishment Same. enough. And I, I think, was so uh, bad. See my friends as well. This is why I, I just knew I wasn't right. Like, obviously we got back. When did we get back home? Was it like Monday? Monday, it Monday before I went to Ibiza. Mm-hmm. So, well, was that like 21st or something like uh-huh. Well, see, like we obviously got back then on the Monday. See, on the Friday, my two pals were about to a party, out drinking, out dancing, was and they? all that. And I was just like, "How are you? It's all fine." They were all brand new. I went back to their work straight away, and I was just in bed in hospital, in bed again for mm-hmm. like a few weeks Is before the... I was finally like, "I feel all right the day to get up." The bad, the bad luck of the draw. I uh, think yep. you've had there. I know. I'll never do it, and like, I'll. I don't want to talk too soon, right? But right now, you want to go and get something else. To... <laughs> right now, and in, in the next kind of year or two, I won't be doing nothing to myself anyway. Mm. I've learned the hard way. Would you Would you go back to Turkey? Or would you be doing it in the UK? Well, I probably I would. Well, I don't. It depends. People are banging their head against the brick wall now. Like, How is she fucking going back to Turkey? It would depend what I wanted done. I would never go by myself. Like, uh-huh. no, you were saying about the last with the teeth, right? Yeah. I did always say I would like to get my teeth done. Yeah, as I think well. you'd get really nice teeth though. Well, I have the same as composite bonding as you, right? right? But I don't like that because they stain easily, and I would prefer like. Maybe like Simon Cowell. Mm. <laughs> so I would maybe do that, but maybe definitely no until maybe I'm like nearly 30 or something. Right. Okay. I'll just stick to these the now. When you do, can I please ensure, can I please urge you to make sure they've got the correct accreditation? I, I, and I don't know, like I'm no saying I and I'm no saying no, yeah. like I'm just saying I don't know, maybe. Mm. 
That's fair enough. That's I fair definitely enough. probably wouldn't go back by myself. That's the only thing I would say. Like, just don't Take go somebody. by yourself. Go to the right place. Well, I know yep. loads of loads of countless people have had their teeth done and they look they look great. I know. Um, but they've they've went and done it properly. I hear. Um, and it, or, no, in Turkey. In Turkey. And they've ensured that that they've, I basically they've ticked every box. There will be some people who are saying, I can't fucking believe you. But that's up to you. I know. That's that's your choice. I you've know. get you've got full autonomy. Although there'll be some dentists that'll be probably writing your name down like if you come to me <laughs> looking to get it fixed, you're getting the ass totally You're getting chased. She's out already barred. Aye. Um with the counselling thing, I would if things like this can kinda of come up again, because that is pretty traumatic because it's turned out well for you. You've been very fortunate yeah. and I'm delighted for you. Probably um, if it didn't turn out well, then I would probably say, nah, I still need counselling. But yeah. I think I'm a wee bit of a dramatic person anyway, so I think, like, probably my doctor probably already knew that as well. <laughs> <laughs> he was probably like, give yourself a couple of weeks and you'll be all right, kind uh-huh. of thing. Uh-huh. For me, like, that that, that kind of felt like, uh, I wouldn't even be able to go on holiday, I wouldn't go wear a bikini, I wouldn't be confident to go dating, like, mm-hmm. everything was going through my head, thinking, oh, what is going to happen? Your life kind of flashes in front of your eyes yep. a bit. So it was very, very, very traumatic and like definitely don't be so off the cuff like me and date mm-hmm. the way I did. But I'm not saying don't do it. Like everybody's going to change what they want to change about themselves. I tell you what as well, for, for any of your pals that are listening, I would say to them, do not let Saoirse book any fucking holidays because she, she won't check <laughs> uh, the reviews. Holidays I'm good at. Oh, so I love check, holidays. Oh, so you'll do your research for, for two weeks in Marbella, I know Three weeks in my beer. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, I suppose that's the most important thing. Um, for, I mean, for people listening, I'm sure they'll have taken stock of everything and, and how easy it can happen to you, I suppose. If if there is somebody listening, I feel we have touched this, but just to sort of condense it into, into a sentence or two, what would your advice be to somebody who's considering going abroad for, for some sort of cosmetic surgery? Take, take your mum, do your research, Take your mum or take somebody that isn't going to get mm-hmm. something done. Somebody's going to, who's aware of everything that's so, like happening to you. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Somebody like that can, I don't know, like just be there to look after you basically the full time. Because when you're away with it, you have no idea Aye, what no, is happening. No clue what's going on. Uh huh. Um, I would say the. Aye. I suppose to elaborate upon your point about research we would urge you that your research extends beyond checking Instagram yeah, pictures and definitely. actually look at medical accreditation uh-huh. and your your own medical stuff as well yeah. you should know your blood type and everything because I don't know my blood type do you I, know that? I don't know mine still but I, I found out later on that I should have known it because mm-hmm. like if I like for like for example like lost blood like mm-hmm. they would have had to know who, who I can get like a transfusion for and everything and I wouldn't mm-hmm. have known that like loads of stuff like that like I, I, but I'm just no, no clever like that. So I, that's probably why that didn't even pass my brain. I think mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, it's fair enough. I think if you've not got any experience with that, then it's one of those things. It's not always going to occur to everybody. Mm-hmm. But you've lived to tell the tale, and thank you for sitting telling this tale to <laughs> it's me. It's all right. It was good. Uh, no, it's been good. For, I hope my, this has and, probably been therapy of sorts. Uh, because I've seen my pal, my my best pal spoke to her the full way through everything. I kept saying to her, I want to like. I want to educate people on not to be so daft, careless. And see, the thing is, you can take somebody away. You don't need to pay for them to come. They come for free, like we do. So I could have easily just told my mum to come. Uh You don't need to actually 
add them on it and you if, take them away, yeah. If anybody is going for surgery and you need somebody to accompany you and they also get a week in Istanbul or Turkey, I'm just give me a shout. I might be free. <laughs> I really like I, I really like this time. Bro, I'd love to go back. I had a great time when I was there. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's great. And I think you've done it. Uh, it's selfless because I can understand it would be daunting to tell this and you leave yourself open to fire a wee bit. But I think for the greater good, you've shared your experience. You, you've, I think there may be people listening to this who are considering it as well. Mm-hmm. And you might have just steered them mm-hmm. in the right direction. So thanks very much again. You're welcome. <laughs> and thank you. As always, for listening, and we'll be back with another episode of Blethered soon. Cheers. Blethered was written, recorded, and produced by Sean McDonald in association with The Big Light. Music and post production by Brian McAlpine. And for more information, go to thebiglight.com. If you like this podcast, please check out all our other series, including Talk Media, Natural Wonders. You could start a fight in an empty house. Talking Derry Girls, Brave Your Day, The Tartan Noir Show, Double Scotch, Great Scott, Trust Me I'm a Leader, Unearthed, A Sonic Hug, and Old School. All on the Big Light, Scotland's podcast network. From the Big Light Studio.